to Kizar to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. We're here with all the latest news and some interesting storylines and interesting players surrounding the 49ers. So we get to get all into it, Alex, and I'm looking forward to this conversation. Always, always looking forward to this conversation. We're even further away from Sunday, which is just the best news. It's, it's the best news. It's the greatest thing that could possibly happen there. for this team. Um, so look, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button if you haven't already become the newest member of the Cutback crew. And look, uh, you know, let's get into some some news, right? Some information that's coming out there through the wire about the 49ers, Ant. Buster Screen, not Scrine, not 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 Screeny, not not Screen, is looking like he's going to become a San Francisco 49er. That's what all reports are indicating. Who knows? By the time this goes up, he may have already been signed to this team. Um, you know, K1 Williams going to be missing a few weeks per Kyle Shanahan yesterday in his presser. Definitely going out and making a move at the cornerback position. Maybe not the name that 49ers fans was hoping was going to be the guy that is being talked about, but definitely a veteran presence that they're bringing in and looking at. Yeah, you had to do something. Uh, you have K1 Williams going down the slot, and I think that's the key, right? You need somebody that can play in the slot. You're expecting a name for the outside as well, um, and this is not that name. Uh, but this is a guy that you can count on. I think some people were expecting it to be Jamar Taylor. I really do. I think some people thought that they would bring him in because he you know, had a run with the team last year, but they went with screen. And Buster Screen has some familiarity with Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan has seen him play in person. They were both uh, on, at Cleveland at the same time. So in 2014, you know, he's there at Cleveland. And Screen's not a guy that hasn't played football games. I mean, he's a guy that started football games and started entire seasons. He's proven to stay pretty much healthy a lot too, which is something that you're looking for as a 49ers. That 2014 season in Cleveland, he had four interceptions, which is impressive. Um, that is something that you're looking for out of that position. Somebody that understands the ins and outs of playing defense and coverage and um, what needs to happen because you do have to feel comfortable and some familiarity playing in the slot. It is different because these receivers can go inside or outside. Um, there's a lot more flexibility. When you're playing on the outside, you can play the, them a different way. So you can use the sideline as an extra defender or you know you can completely play outside and make them go inside. It's just a, it's a different element. It's a different animal completely. But playing in the slot is a a definite art and a skill that has to be learned. And this is a guy that knows how to do it. So it makes sense to me. Um, at first, when I saw the headline, I was like, okay, um, who is this guy? Uh, but after looking into it a little bit more, it makes more sense now. So the 49ers are insulating themselves on the inside in that nickel corner position. Um, and maybe they still need to address the outside. We'll see what happens with Norman. Um, but they're definitely not just resting. They're going ahead and, and making sure they bring guys in. Is he going to be the long-term answer? Probably not. You're just trying to bridge the gap until you get K1 back. But at least they're doing a good job of trying to bring guys in. Correct. And you know, I know 49ers fans are like, you know, oh, all they're doing really, and is they're just they're just going out and signing a bunch of no-name, low-budget guys. Well, you don't have all of the cap space in the world. You may want to make a big trade still coming up. So if you start bringing in guys and paying them a lot of money, it's going to be very hard to do that. Uh, I'm okay with this because it's bridging, right? Like you said, it's bridging the gap. Um, and we talked about this. The identity right now is going to shift a little bit. It's going to change. What this team wants to do and what this team's trying to do this year um, is not like previous years. 
Uh, right now, there's a lot of injuries on the defensive side of the football, and that makes it hard for your defense to be the defense we all want it and expect it to be. Not having Dre Greenlaw out there kind of sucks. Not having uh, Jason Brown out there really sucks. Now not having K1 William is just, it's just awful. It's just not what you're looking for. Uh, so, so 49ers fans kind of got to wrap your head around this a little bit. This defense isn't going to be necessarily the elite level defense that we want it and hope it can be all season long. It's just not healthy enough right now to be that. So the 49ers are going to have to rely on the offense. The offense is going to need to step it up and get it cleaned up because second half of games right now looks great. First half of the games, not so much other than the Detroit game. Um, but that was Detroit early in the season and Detroit's getting better. But, you know, I, at, the, at the end of the day, Buster Screen is a, is a guy who's played a lot of, you said it, he started a lot of games, 92. 92 games in his career. So this guy has experience. He's done it before. He's played for Kyle Shanahan before. He knows what the expectation level is. Pretty sure he watches football. Gonna say he watches football. He knows what the 49ers are about, so he knows what he's coming into in this situation and what the expectation level and the pressure is going to be like. Granted, he hasn't played for a lot of successful teams in the NFL, um, but he has played. Played a lot of games. He understands what it takes to be an NFL caliber corner, and we only need him for a couple of weeks, Ant. Just a couple of weeks. We just got to get to the bye. As soon as we get to the bye, a lot of questions get answered. And what they've done, you, you see the way that they're handling this right now, is they're going out and getting veteran guys that play the quarterback position that they can bring in and that know what to do when they're playing football, right? They don't have to coach them up. They're not bringing in young guys. They're bringing in guys they know can play football, that can be aggressive and attack, um, especially against the run game as well. So this makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, yes, they added Norman. They've added uh, Kirkpatrick and now add Screen. Um, to me, they're adding guys that they know that they can count on week in and week out. Norman's is un unfortunate. He gets hurt on the play where he punches the ball out. Um, what a great play punching the ball out. I know the 49ers don't get the ball. Um, but, I mean, he's giving up his body, and that's what he's about. And I think that is an attitude that can rub off, right? That is something that's great. Norman coming back um, from that will we'll show the other players, like, hey, he's willing to give his body for this. And he was playing really good football. So their evaluation process on these guys that they're bringing in has been solid so far. They bring in Norman, and Norman's showing out. So I'm going to trust them with screen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see how he does because I do believe they needed to address that interior cornerback position, that nickel corner, because I didn't see a lot of comfortable um, comfortability, really, the way to say it, um, from Diameter Lenore. He just didn't look comfortable playing in that role. Um, and that's just because it takes time. It's a little bit of a different animal, and you have to get used to it. And the other option is Dante Johnson. And so I think you would feel a lot more comfortable with screen in there than Dante Johnson. I think everyone realizes that right now. But in the same regard, Dante Johnson didn't look horrible at Green Bay, so that's a good sign as well. Um, so we'll see We'll see where everyone – see how it plays out. But um, it's, it's going to be interesting. I think this week's going to be interesting. I mean, there's a lot of interesting things going on. And one of those things is the 49ers didn't trade for C.J. Henderson. Alex and a lot of people were calling for the trade for CJ Henderson um CJ Henderson you know gets traded to Carolina and it's you know a, a pretty a pretty hefty price I think that, that gets paid there uh yeah yeah you can you can say that again uh, and I'm trying to pull up the exact things now because I know for a fact a third round pick was given up in this deal I believe um, so, it was a third and a fifth and the tight end. So here it is right here. Uh, Carolina's tight end, Carolina sent tight end Dan Arnold a third round and a third round pick for Jacksonville's. So the fifth round pick also, uh, the fifth round pick was, yes, that was dealt as well as a pick swap, I believe. Um, for former Jacksonville first round pick CJ Henderson and a fifth rounder. So they sent a tight end, not their starting tight end, but their number two tight end, a third and a fifth in order to get 
a 2020 first round pick, former first round pick in a CJ Henderson. That that's a lot. That that's a that's a lot for a guy that an organization in Jacksonville is giving up on one year into basically second year in the league. Um, you know, I, I saw a lot of 49ers fans and John Lynch couldn't have made this trade. He could have. He, he could have made this trade. We could have given up Ross Dwelly a third and a fifth, but we would have been rolling then into the next year's draft without Ross Dwelly. Um, you're looking at Charlie Warner as being the guy. You've already released, you know, Jordan Matthews from your practice squad, so you're going to significantly weaken your tight end position as well as roll into the next draft with a second-round pick, a, a fourth-round pick, and a sixth-round pick. What? In a year where you got a lot of guys and a lot of money, you're going to have a lot of money coming free, maybe you get some draft capital back trading Jimmy Garoppolo, but, I mean, you're limited going into the draft, and you don't know what positions of need that you, you now need. Also, cornerback room, kind of depleted, a little bit depleted. Hey, 49ers fans, how would it feel next year to go into the draft and draft a corner in the second and draft a corner in the third? I think everyone would feel a lot better about the cornerback room. I think I would feel a lot more comfortable if they drafted a corner in the fifth. <laughs> also true. And also true, which you can't do if you make this trade. Yeah. So my point is, is that you know, C.J. Henderson hasn't done a whole lot other than be a first-round pick yeah. in the league. Uh, and, and you know, fans sometimes get a little bit too caught up in that. Well, he's, a fo- he's got tons of talent. He's a former first-round pick. He does. He, he is. He does have a bunch of talent, but... But talent is just that. It's it's talent. And unless it translates, um, you know, it, it, talent doesn't do a whole lot for you on the field if it can't get the job done and can't execute. There's a reason why Jacksonville's moving off of him so quickly. They obviously don't feel he can get it done in their scheme and what they want to accomplish. Yeah. Carolina thinks they can maybe do something with it, so they're willing to part with that because they're finding – Carolina is one of those teams that's finding themselves in a position they didn't think they were going to be in. You made the move for Sam Darnold. You weren't really sure what you were getting. You're kind of in the middle of a rebuild. You know you have somewhat of a talented defense, and you got some weapons on offense, so let's make this move for Donald and see what pays out. You know, maybe we end up being an 800 team and we're a couple pieces away and we can make a play next year. Well, they're undefeated. Sam Darnold looks like the Sam Darnold everyone thought he was going to be coming out of the draft, and your defense is playing lights out. So they're going to start making moves to make sure that they can contend and compete the rest of the season. That's fine. They also have the cap space to be able to do those types of things. Uh, The 49ers? All those things are true for us. We're trying to compete. We're trying to contend. We're trying to insulate ourselves, but we don't necessarily have the same amount of cap space. So in order to make those moves, you're asking to give up a lot of that future to, to bank on a guy to come in and play right away. If C.J. Henderson was just coming in for additional depth, that that's one thing. But if you're making that move for C.J. Henderson, you're you're hoping he can come in and step in and play day one. No, you're expecting him to come in and play day one. Yeah, 100%. Um, the one thing with C.J. Henderson is breaking him down in last year's draft and watching a lot of film is he plays light. He doesn't play physical. Um, and when you're talking about the, the receivers that the 49ers have to go against in the NFC West, a lot of these guys play physical, whether that's DK or, you know, D-Hop. Um, they'll play with you at the point of attack. Now, Henderson is extremely athletic. That is one thing he's very good at. Um, but does he fit the zone scheme of the 49ers? That's a bigger question because D'Amico Ryans has proven that he's going to run more zone than he's going to run man. He's going to run man in third down. I mean, that's pretty much what he's been doing across the board. Um, so Henderson's athletic that way and talented. The question is, do you give up that much capital, draft capital, um, and really handcuff your team in the future? If you believe that this guy could be a staple in your defense for the next, you know, 10 years, yeah, you make the move. I don't even think you think, you know, twice about it because then you're set and, and ready to go. I don't believe that they thought that because Henderson would have been someone that would have been on their radar last year in the draft. They would have very good reports on him. They would know exactly what they needed to do with him. 
plus you take into account that Carolina, you're not going to win a, a bidding war with Carolina because Carolina has more assets to give up. Carolina is a team that's had a lot of draft capital over the last few years. And so they're built up and they're ready to go and they're making moves and they know what they need to do to insulate their team and make sure their team is ready to go. So the 49ers would have gotten a bidding war with a team that they can't possibly win against. Just don't do it. Um, so I, I like the way that they're approaching this, going after more low cost effective, you know, veteran players that understands the understand the ins and outs of football and in, ins and outs of coverage and defense. And you roll with it. Are they going to be as athletic as a CJ Henderson? No. Um, but we do know what they what they're about. And CJ Henderson is a question mark. And we don't need to add any more question marks to an already um, question mark filled defense. 49ers fans, just this is for all yeah. everybody here. Everyone's been frustrated with you know the targets. You know, did Dante Johnson on the outside the the big play to Devonte Adams? Yeah. all those things. Uh, Henderson's passer rating, quarterback passer rating against Henderson in 2020. Okay, in eight games, he only played eight. Started eight games, played eight games. 110 passer rating in 2021 through two games. 128.5. Impressive. Really bad. It's not good. He's not. He's not doing a great job of covering in space. Wait, so you're telling me over 100 is not good. Yeah, over 100 is usually typically a bad thing. Usually want that thing if you're a corner. I, ideally, right? Yeah. Great corner, 60, 70 percent. It's a 60, 70 range. Well, I think Diamondo Lenore was chilling in the 60s. I believe playing pretty good. Yeah, and and that's despite him giving up a couple of big plays. Despite yeah. that, he's still chilling in the 60s and the 70s. Well, he's a rookie, right? That's been thrusted out there. Correct. I think we all agree that he's got a lot of talent. He's got a ton of talent, right? But I would say, Diamond, again, Diamond Donor, a lot of talent. Fifth-round pick has definitely put up and, and pressed in ways that a guy like C.J. Henderson has not done at all, period. No, not even close. Not even anywhere near close. So I, I like them not making this move. And, the, the, again, that hurts me to say because he's a Florida guy. He, he played at the University of Florida. I wasn't overly impressed with him at the University of Florida. I'm not overly impressed with him now it, it, you know, in the NFL. It is what it is. C.J. Henderson, though. Good, good on him. He's going to go to a better situation Oh, yeah. Jacksonville right now, so maybe that's what he needs, a chain of scenery, new scheme. All those things can help. His his play is going to get better. I think so. Um, but you know, we go from that trade rumor or that trade situation not happening, 49ers fans being upset, to now a couple other ones, a couple other names getting thrown out there. Marlon Mack is the big one. Him and the Colts have agreed to part ways, right? They've agreed to mutually seek out trade options and opportunities. The 49ers are depleted at the running back room, Ant. Does this make sense? From a talent aspect, absolutely, because you would thrust Marlon Mack into your offense. I mean, this is a guy that's proven that he can rush for 1,000 yards. So we know if somebody proves they can rush for 1,000 yards, then for Kyle Shanahan, they have the possibility to go for 1,500 or more. That is just what happens. But once again, you're talking about draft capital. What are you going to have to get up to give up to get this guy? And the fact that I just said that he rushed for 1,000 yards before means that he's going to have some value attached to his name. Some, yes. And I don't know if the 49ers are willing to give up that, especially – because they did give up so much to go up and get Trey Lance, they don't really have the draft capital over the next two drafts to go ahead and you know nearly you know willy nilly hand out draft picks um, to bring players in. So I don't know if this is a possibility. I would think not because you're really just trying to bridge the gap. You got to get through these next two games. You can get back Jeff Wilson Jr. You get back Jamichael Hasty. Um, I think right now what you're looking for is a band aid, and I, I don't think Marlon Mack is a band aid. I think he is a sledgehammer, and um, you know there's a big difference between the two. And I think that you just you want to go ahead and roll with what you got. I think in a perfect world, Warriors had a lot of draft capital. This would be a no-brainer. You bring in a, a player like this that could um, take over and and change the way that your offense is ran because I think he would be dynamic in Kyle Shanahan's offense. 
but this isn't a perfect world. And there are situations and, and things that go into this, but you're really just trying to get through and you're trying to roll with the young guys. Um, but if at some point John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan believe that Marlon Mack and Bobby Turner will, of course, look at the film, um, believe that Marlon Mack would be a guy that could win them extra football games this year and ultimately put them in a position to win a championship, they will go after it and they will make that move. I just don't think they actually will because I think John Lynch is um, keeping those draft, you know, draft picks in his back pocket and he's not willing to let go of them as of right now. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I wanted to bring this up because I just saw this scrolling through the Twitter timeline here. John Chapman, our boy, he's been talking about this a little okay. bit. Kevin Givens, straight up for Marlon Mack, who says no, if that was a possibility. Who says no? Yes. I don't say no because I know that there is a, a lot of guys that we have on this defensive line, right? We're still going to have um, Jordan Willis coming back. They're going to have to make room here pretty soon. The question is, would the Colts want Kevin Givens in this deal? You would be, if you're the 49ers, you're taking a guy that was an undrafted free agent that you've really worked with and created and built up and moving him for a, you know, a nice piece in Mac. Um, I would do that 100% a thousand times. The question is, can the Colts actually go ahead and make that move? Because I, you would think they're going to want something more. They're going to want a better player, like a DJ Jones, for instance, than a Kevin Givens. If it's Kevin Givens, I bet you John Lynch right now is already would already make the move. Make the move. I mean, it would, it would make sense. It's an undrafted guy. You have a lot of depth there at that spot, and maybe that's part of the reason why the 49ers held on to as many guys as they knew at some point in time. Right, injury's going to pile up. Something's going to happen. We're going to need to make a move, and we can take one of these 12 dudes and deal them off. Um, you would think though that Kevin Givens wouldn't be enough, right? His rookie season in 2018, uh, he rushes for 908 yards. But could we throw Kevin Givens in like a 2023 seventh or um, you know with an escalator in it could we do something like that i'd be fine with that yeah if you're gonna take a late round draft pick throw some escalator stuff in there and add kevin Givens to the mix i think it makes sense and i apologize that was his second year in the league second year in the league he rushed for 908 yards third year in the league he goes for a thousand the year you're talking about but he does the achilles injury at the end he comes in for a little bit and has a little bit of an injury there uh, and, oh, excuse me 2019 was the i think he had a shoulder or a knee then 2020, the Achilles happens, and now 2021, he's coming off of an Achilles injury. He's 21. He's 25 years old. Yeah. He's still a young man. He, he might have something left in the tank. If you can make this deal and make this move without having to get up, give up a lot of draft capital, late pick with an escalator, and you can part ways with a, with a Kevin Givens, if that's a, like a re- legitimate possibility, it's kind of hard not to want to make that kind of move. It really is because you you are you are getting immediate value, an upgrade or not a, not necessarily an upgrade in value, but a, definitely an, an improved value from a guy like Marlon Mack from from Kevin Givens. Kevin Givens, who was not a guy drafted very high, wasn't a guy even looked at by most teams, and what you've been able to do with him, he gives you depth at that running back room. Um, you know, I, I, yeah, he's gonna have to come in and learn a little bit of the, the system and the scheme and the terminology, but you know, if Kyle Shanahan's really worried about Trey Sermon. You have to worry about Marlon Mack. I don't think you have to. Not, not the same level that that Trey Sermon does. That no, no, Trey no, Sermon. no. This is a proven commodity. Correct. So you, you know this immediately takes some of the bur- the burden in the in the right the 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 burden and the weight off of Elijah Mitchell's shoulders of having to carry this backfield as a as a rookie for the whole season, or at least until Jeff Wilson gets back. You have a nice little nice little core there with Mack, Elijah Mitchell, and when Jeff Wilson gets back, Jeff Wilson. Is it doable, though? Is it possible? I don't know. It, 
that seems like a a huge win of a trade for San Francisco and not that much of a win right. for for the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, there's there's two things. Number one, the Colts have put this out there, right? So that weakens their stance a little bit. The only right. problem is they know the 49ers are running back needy. So what you have is two guys who have weakened, you know, two teams that have weakened their stance because one is needy and one has a commodity that someone wants, but they've put it out there that they have a commodity. Um, so this is kind of an interesting thing where you don't know who's going to be able to push who, or even if it's in their wheelhouse, because right now the way the 49ers are playing it is they're only dressing three, three running backs for games and then Trenton Cannon, because Trenton Cannon is being dynamic in the return game. And we saw what he did against Green Bay. So you wonder if the 49ers are even willing to do that because they have these other guys already, right? They already have Sermon. They have Elijah Mitchell. They have Jamichael Hasty, who's going to be coming back in a few weeks. And then they are going to have Jeff Wilson Jr. You're already going to have four guys. You're already talking about Trey Sermon being healthy scratches. So that way, you know, Trenton Cannon can be your, your last guy. So I don't know if there's room in the running back room here in a few weeks. So it, it's one of those things where are we making that move right now knowing that in a few weeks we're going to have an overload and we're going to have to make a roster move somehow. To me, it seems like the 49ers would try to wait it out, um, get their guys healthy. If another injury happened, I could see them pouncing on this. Um, or if Elijah Mitchell wasn't coming back in the next, you know, uh, three to six weeks, whatever that is. Um, but right now, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, that this, that's a good proposition. It's a good thought. I just don't know if the Colts would actually be able to make that go for it. And I don't know if the 49ers are ready to go ahead and make a big splash this early in the season. It's a, it's a lot, man. It's, it's a lot to, to want to make that move. Um, you know, you, you, you do have long-term hope for the 49ers running back room with Jeff Wilson returning at some point in time, Michael Hasty coming back at some point in time, Elijah Mitchell getting healthy, hopefully here in the near, in the near future, right? Soon, sooner rather than later. So yeah, if you make that move, it's, it's like a, it, it's almost like a, you know, you're making this move knowing that eventually down the road, you're going to have to make an even tougher decision in the running back room. Um, I think they do this if they don't believe in Trey Sermon at all whatsoever. If they don't think, if Kyle thinks, you know, this is not something that can happen here for the next three weeks, two to three, four weeks, we can't roll with this guy. Um, then they would make that, maybe make that move just to make sure they shore themselves up. Would it, would somebody be willing to make a move that involved Trey Sermon? Maybe, maybe, but are the Colts that team? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. You got Naeem Hines. You, you have Jonathan Taylor. I mean, what does Trey Sermon add to that backfield that those two don't already do for you? Well, he's insurance in case one of them get hurt because he's a similar player to, you know, what they have. That's true. A similar running style, similar build. True. You know, I mean, but I don't know if that's even a case. To be I honest know. with you, I haven't thought enough about it to to go ahead and give an educated, um, you know, thing about it. I, to me, it was it was more out there than it appears, you know, that some people believe it is. I mean, I know people are already writing about this and stuff. I just, I to me, I don't think the 49ers are ready to make a splash yet. Not in, not in a trade market. No, I, I, I would agree with you there. I don't think that's the case yet. Um, not, not in the trade market, and that's really the only name that's out there that's really being tossed or linked here for running San Francisco back. for running back right now. Uh, but we, we need to talk about this Richard Sherman situation and what's going on with this because he has his workout. He's, he's going down to Tampa. Uh, you know, cutback crew faithful in the chat talking about it. You know, we need to stop talking about Richard Sherman. He's going to Tampa. He's signing with Tampa. He might. He very well might. Um, the 49ers, it doesn't seem like they've picked up the phone and even called, which is a little interesting. Well, I think they both said they had contact. Shanahan and they've, Jones they've had, had contact, contact, yes. They've had contact before, yes. I think that they are, according to John Lynch, comfortable with their situation at corner, um, which is a little surprising to me. Now, watching Norman on film, 
I, I understand why they're comfortable with him. I, re- I really do. And if Emmanuel Mosley is healthy, um, I mean, he only gave up three catches on, you know, on Sunday night. I mean, he, he had a very good performance. Um, so Richard Sherman would be coming in and, and you know, are you, is he going to start out over Josh Norman? You know what I mean? It, it, is, if you're ready to make that move, then you do it. But right now, if Norman is still a guy that you can count on, uh, it kind of seems like a lateral move because they're very similar players at this stage in their career. You got Norman, you know, who's a little bit better in man coverage than Richard Sherman, but both of them are good in zone. Sherman has a leg up as far as the intelligence and being able to recognize um, route combinations and schemes and stuff like that. But, you know, right now, Norman's proven from how he played against Devontae Adams that um, he's he's better than Sherman was last year as far as playing against Devontae Adams. Uh, so I think that it, it would be a lateral move right now. It, I think if Norman was out for a considerable amount of time, then you're talking about Sherman versus Drake Kirkpatrick. You might have a better argument to bring Richard Sherman in. Um, but before they brought Kirkpatrick in, that's when I thought it was a possibility. Now I'm not so sure. So this might not be a thing. I mean, this might be us pushing a button that we don't need to push yet. And the 49ers are sitting there saying, you know what? Let's just let's just wait. If if Richard moves on, um, we'll make other accommodations. But it doesn't seem like that is a big a big thing because you would think that this would already be a done deal if the 49ers really wanted it. I agree with you there. It, it, I feel it would have been a done deal because I feel he would have made the decision to come here. He knows what this team is. He knows what this roster is. Um, you know, he, he knows what he can do in the system. He's played for and with D'Amico Ryans in the coaching room before. Uh, it would just make sense that this would be the move he would want to make uh, close to where his home is now. He doesn't have to uproot the family too much. They can stay there. He can still fly back on the weekend, on, on weekends and bye weeks and things of that nature. Uh, you know, he can get done with the game, fly home Sunday. The, or fly home Sunday night, see his family Monday, Tuesday, and then come back in and get to work. Um, they haven't done it, they're, and it doesn't look like they're going to. So, yeah, cutback crew, faithful. It might be maybe time to, to move on from Richard Sherman as a, as a possibility for this team, and that's okay, especially if Josh Norman's healthy. If Josh Norman's healthy, it's going to be fine. Um, I'm really looking forward to breaking down this All-22 film and seeing him early in this game and how he looked, um, and just looking at the defense and seeing what was going on and what the game plan was and what changed once he went down and once he went out. Um, you know, it's it's not uh, it's never easy dealing with the injuries and guys leaving and guys moving out. But the 49ers are going to find a way to adjust. They're going to find a way to overcome. They almost did Sunday. It was yeah. really close. So uh, we'll see what happens there with that and, and just the route that that goes. But Kyle Shanahan talked about regrets. And he talked about some regrets he had in the game, specifically that third and one from midfield. Uh, the, well, third and one and then the fourth and okay. one. He specifically talked about how the third and one. Sorry, I went full Tom Brady. You went full Tom Brady. But you weren't wrong because the fourth and one was yeah. the call. He decided to punt. Um, the third and one play, though, where Max snaps the ball early. Kyle talks about how the D-line for the Packers is yapping and saying some things and moving around a bit, and that's what forces Mac to snap a little bit earlier than he wanted to. Trey Sermon, the, the run, not, not a great run. They kind of bust right through and blow the play up. But Shanahan thought it was a bigger loss and thought, thought they were about a yard and a half away instead of just a yard, and so he didn't want to go with the eventual fourth down play they ran later, where Trey, or excuse me, Trey Lance is in, and Kyle Yushik comes in and motions, does that little fullback quarterback sneak action. Um, that was the play that was going to be called there if they didn't get it, and it was close. Um, but Kyle says he regrets it. He, he wishes he would have stuck with his gut and done the thing he needed to do. Um, you know, coaches being able to acknowledge and look at things within the game and point out when they made mistakes or areas where they feel that, you know, hey, I should have just trusted my gut or trusted my team and trusted my guys. I put us, we got ourselves into the situation I want. I was telling myself we had two downs there and I talked myself out of it. I like that. I like that from a coach who's able to go back, look at the film, reevaluate, reassess, and then be like, I got to do that different. Um, I'm going to let everyone in on something. Every single coach looks at every single situation in the game and wonders if they made the right move. 
um, whether whether it was you know something that was pivotal in the game or not. Uh, every single play caller, especially. So Kyle Shannon didn't look at the film. He didn't have to look at the film. I mean, um, because he knew exactly what he wanted to do. He he knew that he should have went for it, and it didn't work out. And a lot of times, what what makes it worse is the result, right? Because he punted. Aaron Rodgers took the team down the field and scored a touchdown, and that changed the way the game you know looked. Yep. Um, because you know ten to three, ten to seven sounds a lot different than seventeen to seven at halftime. So it was a big decision. But yeah, play callers do that all the time. Like, man, if I would have just done this, or if I would have done that, it could have completely changed the game. That's a hundred percent. I don't. I don't think there was a single loss I had as a coach where I didn't look back at at least one decision, usually multiple decisions in the game. Is like, man, if I would have just done this, the hindsight is twenty twenty. And it's one of those things where you live and you learn, and then the next time you go for it. Um, and sometimes you have to be aggressive. And I think Kyle Shannon is learning that he needs to be more aggressive with his football team and take more chances. Um, and I think that's what he's going to do because he's been conservative over the last couple of years, and he's really counted on his defense. And I think now he's going to have to be more aggressive and count on his offense to carry some of that load and burden, you know, and some of that burden um, for the football team. So it's going to be interesting to see how he handles it. But I mean, I do like the transparency, you know. But every single head coach, Alex, and you know this, well, is going to look after a game and say, you know what, this is on me. This is my fault. You saw Fred Warner, the the, the team captain, the way that he responded is like, I've got to be better. I've got to make you know plays for my football team. That is how you expect guys to handle situations, and that's why I have a lot of faith in this football team because they're handling it the right way, all the way from the top, right? Coach all the way to player is translating the same thought process. And that's what you need, and that's why a team's not going to get shook by a loss, but respond in a big way. Yes, um, Fred Warner making that statement. You know, I'm supposed to be. I'm, I'm a captain. I'm a, I'm a guy this team is supposed to rely on. I got to start making big. And you literally, as a 49er fan, you can flash back to the game and think of two moments where he was literally inches away from getting his hand on the football that would have completely destroyed any hope the Packers had of you know finalizing that last drive or putting up you know converting on third and longs. It's not on Fred, but Fred's also not wrong, right? If Fred makes those plays, that game goes different. Just like if, you know, Bosa makes, makes some more plays, just like if Jimmy doesn't make the mistakes that he makes, you know, just like if there's not drops in the end zone, things of that nature. If, if certain things don't go a certain way, that game plays out completely, completely differently in, in its entirety, top to bottom. Coaching staff making certain decisions, certain coverages, right? Kyle Shanahan abandoning play calls and, certain, and deciding to punt at midfield when everyone wants you to go for it and you wanted to go for it, all of those things have an impact. Um, and, and the fact that top to bottom, like you said, Ant, this organization, all of them are on the same page. Hey, it's on me. Hey, I got to be better. Hey, I did these things. Not, you know, I made that mistake, but there's all these other times where, no, no, you don't hear that coming from anybody. There's no buts. There's all me. What, what mistakes, what, what things have I done? What have I done wrong? How did I contribute to this? And how can I fix that going forward? That's a team that's eyes on the prize and understands, number one, hey, we're human, not perfect, we're going to make mistakes, but number two, how can we fix them? How can we fix them so that way the next time we make mistakes, it's not the same mistake? Because that's a sign of a bad team. That's a sign of a team that doesn't get it. When you roll in week in, week out, game in, game out, and make the same mistakes, you got problems. The good news for the 49ers is week two, the offense stagnating, you may be sitting there going, well, it's the same mistake. So what happened in week three. Ah, but it was different, right? Run game wasn't working in week two. We were trying to run the football. We wasn't there. And st- stymied the offense, and we dropped passes. Week three, that was not what was going on. It wasn't the run game that wasn't getting things going. It was pressure up the middle, pressure on the quarterback, dropped passes, you know, just things not going the way you want them to go. 
you know, quarterback not putting the ball on target at times as well. Turnovers on the, on the one after a big stop, a big turnover, not too long after that. Those are the things that, that kept this offense from clicking and doing the things it needs to do. Same, similar result, but a different path to get there. Okay. A didn't work. B didn't work. We clean those things up and now we see what week four has in store for us. It's going to be different because there is a different personnel across the field. Everything changes. Game plan changes. And, you know, I've seen a lot of people talking about um, Kyle Shanahan's, you know, overall game plan and how he attacks on offense. And one of the big things people have to realize is taking advantage of a defense's weaknesses is part of the plan. But you can only do so much with the talent that you have. If you don't have the talent to take advantage of those weaknesses, um, then you have to figure out a way just to manufacture things. And that's what we were worried about going into this game. We were worried that the running game was going to be so bad with the, without having the running backs that they were going to have to try to manufacture yards, and they did. And those turned into losses because some of these plays didn't work. Um, whether they were you know run plays with Debo Samuel and stuff like that, they just weren't there. Um, so unfortunately, just because you know what you need to do to beat another team doesn't mean you can actually do it. Either you don't have the personnel or you're just not able to execute those plays. So they gave it a whirl. They tried it. It didn't work. Now they know what defenses are trying to do, too. So now they can go in there and attack it. I, I only look for Kyle Shanahan to get better um, as far as planning and figuring out what he needs to do. And I think you're going to see um, the offense, you know, take an uptick. I think they're not going to sit on this and um, they're going to make some changes and, and, and have some things go their way. But also it's going to help a lot if they can get this run game going. And one of those ways they can get it going is by getting running backs um, on the field that can make plays. And Trey Sermon didn't prove to do that consistently. He had some flashes that looked pretty good. But I think some of the things they've said about him are real, and we thought so coming out of the draft, um, that he, he's not a one-cut-and-go guy. And that's what Kyle Shanahan is looking for in his system. And this guy's not a normal fit. The only thing I can think is that Bobby Turner thinks he can turn him into one of those guys. And if he can, then he's going to pay dividends down the road. But that's not right now. That's the same with Aaron Banks, right? Dividends down the road. When you're drafting these guys in the draft, you're not always expecting them to make an instant impact. What you're expecting them to do is help your team win in a few years. That's what they're building towards. So hopefully they can get it done. Um, but we're going to have to figure out something with this running game. I don't know if that's Marlon Mack or what that is. Um, and if not, then they got to figure it out. That'd be interesting indeed. And we'll see what happens with all of this. Um, you know, all of it's playing out sometimes in the 49ers favor, sometimes not. Um, but you know what? They're, they're making the right moves. They're doing the things that they need to do. And uh, hopefully it goes better, better in yeah. our direction going forward. Yeah, 100 percent. I, I think that there are going to be things going better. Um, because you can only learn from from things like this. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter if you win or lose. You're going to learn from the mistakes that you made in the game. Um, but that's how you get better. And the the way that they're responding is the right way to respond. If you were seeing a lot of anger and a lot of, you know, stuff like that, then you would think that, okay, this team is not learning. They're just getting mad about those mistakes. Um, but when you take an approach that, like, I can be better. And I'll tell you right now, the things that Fred Warner and them are doing by putting it on their shoulders, there's going to be players around them like, wait, wait, Fred shouldn't have this on him. I need to be better. And what they'll do is they'll, they'll you know, raise their game around him because they'll want to help lift him up um, because they understand what he's doing and shouldering the burden. It's going to bring the team closer together. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited about the direction of the team. Even though we're coming out of a loss, I'm excited about it. But I think if they take care of Seattle, they'll be right back on track, and Seattle will be in a world of hurt at 1-3. You know that's right, Ant. Yeah. You know that's right. Um, it, it was funny. I got done with my week three playthrough, Niners-Packers. I'm not going to spoil anything. If you want to watch that, you're not over on Patreon, head over to Patreon. You can uh, see if I get my revenge on Green Bay for what happened in week three. But at the end of that Green Bay game on Madden, Madden gives me a, a prompt. You know, you got a star player who's down. Down. We're 3-0. and We're 2-1. We're whatever our record is. What do they have to be down for? 
Trent Williams wants to retire in Madden, Matt. And he wants to retire. Wow. I have to try and convince him out of it. Wow. I know. Yeah. And it's funny. It's funny because the prompt, the prompt says afterwards, you make my, make my choice, make my decision. And it tells me, you know what? You know what cures downness? Winning. Because winning cures all. You read about one thing, Madden. Winning does cure all. 49ers fans freaking out. 49ers not freaking out, but, you know, obviously yeah. distraught, down over what just happened. Don't, don't, didn't expect that to happen. You know, they think they're better and they can be better. Winning cures everything. A win here in week four against Seattle, against the Sea Chickens, against a heated rival, will uh, silence a lot of things in 49ers land. I feel like you're right back on track. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, yeah, you want to go 3 0. You want to win every single football game, um, but you can't win every football game. And so when you have losses like this, the main thing is don't lose the next one. You know, you want to have these losses come um, between, you know, long stretches of victories. Um, so if the 49ers are winning more than they're losing, that's the key. And so. Just not back-to-back losses. They need to respond. They need to win these two divisional games. And if they do, I think everyone's going to feel comfortable with where they're sitting and, and where they're at as a football team. And I, I look forward to the adjustments because I'm telling you right now, everyone's being a little hypercritical on these coaches and the decisions that they're making. These guys are really good coaches. They're going to figure this thing out. They're masking some issues right now, and they're playing with the one arm tied behind their back. Um, but I still count on my guys. I like these guys that we have as coordinators and as head coach and stuff. But they can get it done, even with one arm behind their back. They're still dangerous. They they still have a punching chance to win. Um, so I'm, I'm going to take that every single day of the week. Every day of the week, cutback crew. Let us know what you think about the breakdown, about Buster Screen, about these trade rumors, Richard Sherman's situation, Kyle Shanahan regretting some things. Any of this surprise you? Any of it shock you? Any of you worried about any of this? Or you feeling comfortable? You feeling confident? We're a couple days removed now. You feel a little bit better about where this team is and the direction we're going. Let us know in the comment section down below. And while you're down there commenting away, don't forget to like. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. Hit that notification bell as well. That way you're here for all of the content, including Quest for the West tonight at 5.30 p.m. Pacific time. You don't want to miss that. Yeah, you definitely don't want to miss that because it's going to be an interesting conversation. Um, because Sam is going to be talking about the Seahawks, and the Seahawks are struggling a little bit at one and two, and they got to come to San Francisco, a tough divisional you know matchup. Uh, and then you you've got you know Evan that's going to be sitting high, sitting pretty because they just took care of the lowly Jaguars and improved to three and zero, but they're sitting right there in a good, comfortable spot at top of the NFC West. Um, so it's going to be a fun conversation because everyone's kind of at a different point, and I'm curious what everyone has to say about it, and um, you know where their mindset is now. Do they feel like the 49ers got? absolutely revealed their character who they really are i'm, I'm curious everyone's outtake on it it's gonna be a fun conversation we're gonna be uh grinding it out and talking it up and might even get spite who knows you'll just have to tune in we'll see y'all for that one head on over to patreon as well if you want all 22 film breakdown of this game and for the first time all 22 film preview of the 49ers verse for seahawks this weekend you don't want to miss any of that we'll see you over there on patreon for those things uh, but ant this was good Getting closer, getting better. Every day, the sting hurts a little bit less. And you know what? That's great because by the time we get to Sunday, I'm going to be ready and the 49ers are going to be ready to stick it to the sea chickens. Yeah, I'm over the sting. Um, as, as somebody that's lost football games and won football games, uh, you, you, you turn to get over it pretty quick. You, turn the, you go through the film. That hurts. Um, that's honesty. You have to look yourself in the mirror. And then once you get past it, you're ready to move on to the next game. And um, you realize that losses happen in football. That's just the, the way it works. That's the business. And you get over it and you get back on track. And I guarantee you that's what the 49ers have done. And that's what I've done. I'm already, I'm already ready to look at the Seahawks, ready to move on and, and win a pivotal football game. 
I just wish I can contribute. All I can do is sit there and watch uh, and, and, and enjoy, but uh, I know these guys are going to be out there grinding. They're out there grinding. We're out here grinding as well. We'll see you on the next one. Cut back crew. And until then, stay safe. Remember the right way is, is always the 49ers, 49ers way. way.